We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with a guest tonight visiting from Locked On Rams, Rams Podcast, Bear Motter, the Rambling Bear, as we call him. How you doing, Bear? What's up? I'm doing. I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to be on here talking some uh, some football with you as we get ready for Championship Weekend. It's not involving the Rams, but uh, still a lot going on, man. Yeah, let's not talk about that part. <laughs> I mean, we, I don't want to talk about that part. And I got to tell you the truth, Bear. Over the course of, geez, our three-plus years doing the Rams Talk Radio, I got to tell you, I the one thing that the guys tend to pick on me a little bit with is they think I am too serious. Like, just too serious. So, for once, I want to break loose for this show and try something different. You up for that? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, because usually you do the fun shows, and I'm just sitting there like the ultra-serious controversial guy who just says a lot of crap. <laughs> That's why I like talking to you, though, too, because sometimes I'm, you know, a little too loosey-goosey, and, you know, you like to – you want you want that other side. So this will be fun, though. Let's uh, let's mix it up and see what you got. 
All right, so folks, our theme today is Rams true and false. We're going to throw a whole bunch of different questions out there. We'll give Bear a chance to say whether or not he thinks it's true and false and why. I'll follow it up. But before we get there, I want you to know this podcast is sponsored by Jim Hawkins' book, Hollywood's Team. Also, remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, Spreaker, all those places. And, of course, we've been running the Jersey contest on iTunes since about the dawn of time. So, five-star reviews. Once with the 200, where you are going to give away a Rams personalized jersey. You might want to wait until the new jerseys come out, by the way, to run over there and get that. This is what you do. Go to Apple Music. Write in. you got to write it in because we need a screenshot of your, of your review. Write it in. Take a screenshot. Submit it, of course. Email to us at Rams1945 with a copy of it, with that screenshot. And we will enter you into the show. We'll also read your feedback on the show. We have a couple of new ones in. I'll wait till Sunday with Mike to read them all out. And of course, that's what I mean. We'll, we'll shout you out on there. All right. So that takes us to today's true and false theme. There are all kinds of questions out there about the Rams. So I figured, well, hey, why not? Let's go ahead and ask those questions from the crazy to the not so crazy. So a little bit in between. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So the first true and false question. True and false question. I'm going to ask you to go ahead to give your explanation as to why you're saying it's true and false. Is this true or false? The Los Angeles Rams will have a different quarterback under center. Not center. Geez, we're not in Congress. Center in 2019. Give your thoughts. Go. False, false. No way. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, you you pay Jared Goff that money. Um, he's got one year where it looks to have the decline, but there's you know. I mean, you can give him every excuse, and I'm not trying to build excuses, but um, give the man a chance. I mean, you've seen quarterbacks around the league have way more opportunity. I mean, even just look at Marcus Mariota until this final season, right? He got all these years to get a team together. Um, I think Jared Goff, especially after the year, you gave him the big money. Um, I know there's a lot of jokes about uh, John Wolford and, you know, even, you know, when we brought on, uh, what's his name, Blake Bortles and, you know, giving him a shot near the end of the year. I could maybe have said yes there, but to start the season, to be 2020 and open the new stadium, no stinking way. I think it's going to be a bounce back year for him anyway. Um, So, no, absolutely false. Well, it's also an easier schedule next year. You can't forget that third-place schedule. The thing also about Jared Goff is I think he kind of figured out towards the end of the year that, well, yeah, you kind of have to go out there and, and work a bit. I, 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 He clearly was behind his homework. But the numbers are also deceiving because J.D. Long pointed this out. He had six touchdown passes, basically stopped at the one-yard line. He could have yeah. been twenty eight and sixteen and said twenty two and sixteen. That's Jim Everett had a year of twenty eight and seventeen, by the way. And he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in Rams history. So just want to point that out. So I'm gonna go with you false. That was a gimme because it should be, but there are a few of those folks out there, including one of our own. I gotta throw a little bit of shade towards Tommy who said trade him. And you can <laughs> do that post six one, but you're gonna pay for it down the line, and I'm not sure you wanna do that. So the second question, a little tougher, I think. True or false, the Rams will make a major trade this offseason. Oh, man. I, you know, as much as, like, I want to say false because I want to, like, protect, you know, like, uh, like you're saying, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and uh, Brandon Cooks. But I, I just, I think it could be true. I mean, the Rams have shown... Uh, in the past, and and I guess it depends on what you categorize as a big trade. But um, you know we've seen multiple trades in in the last handful of years with less need, especially getting closer to the draft. You know whether it's uh, you know bringing a guy in and sending another pick out, or uh, you know trying to move a player and trying to bring a guy in or or bring a pick in and just trying to get rid of some money. So less need has shown us in the past that. That is something that he does, and he's really kind of gotten to this point where it's almost what he has to keep doing because he's running out of draft picks and he's running out of different things to utilize. So he's got to keep wheeling and dealing. You know, I mean, you, you know, you see the other side of it where the Patriots, you know, at one point I think it was last year, or two years ago, where they had like 
16 picks coming into the draft and they started wheeling and dealing right before and, and made some moves and, and moved up in the draft. But uh, yeah, I think, I think with the way the less needs built it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I almost, you almost start to kind of expect it. So yeah, at this point I would, I would probably say true. And I'm going to go false. I'm going to go false because I don't believe the Rams are in a position where they can afford to take on more dead money, especially if it's post six, one, you need cap space, and by trading any one of those guys that that would cost you the major trade, a Goff or a Gurley or a Cooks, that is going to hammer, absolutely hammer the dead cap either this year or next year. Now, post 6-1, it's not as bad. You guys, you're going to split that, that cap hit, that dead cap hit between two different years. But do you really want that at that point? you're still going to pay a price where if you just hold on and try and make things work this next year with what you got, you are saving your cap in the future. You are seeing if you can just get that offensive line straightened out a little more and you're not really having to worry about that money. I just would don't, you I consider, think, would you consider trading Tyler Higby a big trade? Was that, would that classify into a big trade? Because I think Higby or Everett might be one of those guys that may not be, you know, a huge, you know, hit to the financials. But, you know, if you look at the way that he finished the season or even what we thought or our future expectations of Everett, you know, that could kind of maybe classify as as a big move. I don't think Higby is a guy they would even consider trading because he's got so much value in the running game as well as a blocker. So they really kind of need him. That's why they paid the big bucks to begin with. Now, Everett, to me, a guy coming up on a, a contract here makes more sense but if they like going back to 12 personnel more maybe we see that trend in trying to mix 11 and 12 and they did do very well in 12 at the end of the year so i just i don't know i think if you're if you're going to try and trade someone it's Everett. but i think they're more likely to try and renegotiate goss contract and try and cut some of these guys that are you know like weddle for example than to make a trade that's where I'm. I'm gonna stick to it. They gotta find yeah, cap space. They, they can't. They can't have more dead cap space. That's just gonna make it worse. See here. Oh, oh yeah. Here, along those lines, because you said true. Will the L.A. Rams have a new? Well, the L.A. Rams will have a new starting running back next season. True or false? <laughs> I mean, I think that's like the juicy trade, right? Yeah, like right. The, the Todd Gurley juicy trade, but. I, I just don't see it either. The, the, the problem is, is, and the, it is who, who's going to take them, right? I mean, it's, I, I don't even think it's an injury thing. I, it does go to the money thing. But everyone in the league right now is starting to wake up to this, like, we don't really want to pay a running back like that. I mean, look at the, the Chargers and what they did, and, and they put their foot down as saying, you know, we'll give you $10 million, um, and it wasn't enough over there. And so, you know, I just don't see a lot of – lot of, and they were trying to find trade partners at that time. Um, God, why can I not remember his name right now? Um, the Chargers guy. You mean for for Gordon? Yes, Gordon. Jeez, man. Sorry, I'm, I'm sick and my brain is hurting right now. Uh, but they couldn't find a trade partner for him and, and where he could sign a deal. So I just don't – I don't see anyone coming and trying to take on – Todd Gurley so I think it's more of trying to find a partner and then you know with you know bringing in the new OC and I I think he's gonna make it a focus to get back and I I hope that McVay also sees that you know the production of what he got really just didn't give him enough opportunity to do it his carries were down Um, yes every other statistical category was down for him but I, I just think it's still Todd I think I think like you said on the reason why you said false to a no trade is you gotta just stick with it and give it its chance to run a course because one bad year um, you know, I know we kind of, you know, blew up some coaching staff a little bit here, but I just don't think it's time to really start going after a lot of the superstars. And Todd Gurley, I think, you know, with the touchdowns can still get it done. Yes, a lot of that comes inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the five. But um, let's see what he can what he can do. And if not, let's at least get our money's worth and start giving the rock, because I just don't think uh, we did that last year. I'm going to say False. But I want to note this. He's not the same guy he was. We saw that late in the year. There were moments when he flashed it, but late in the year where you would see that explosion <laughs> in the hole. Man, you are sick, man. 
I gosh. know, I'm struggling. Oh, but we, there were times late in the year, getting in the hole, that he just didn't have the explosion to really break much of a tackle. He didn't have. He a, didn't really, really have holes. I mean, I'm talking about when he did, which is rare, and that's another part of the problem. That we, the the line got better in the end of the year. They said they couldn't run block on the interior at all after the Bears game. Right. After the, they they just could not, and for whatever reason, the Rams moved away from the jet sweeps and all the things that could help widen the field to open up the interior. They moved away from it almost completely by the end of the season, which made no sense to me, but I digress. Anyways, when he had a shot to hit a hole, he didn't have the explosion right there to go and try and break through before somebody got there. He just didn't have it. And once he got an open field and had a little time to go, he had it. But that power explosion mix that you need that that he had that line isn't there and it was noticeable can he be a feature running back and he can he be a very good running back a star in the league still yes he's just not the same guy he's not gonna be the same guy so that means if you want him to be what he can be right now that offensive line has to be fixed i think it's what's going to be a big part of this offense i mean offseason we're going to see retooling the offensive line in certain spots, you're going to see him retooling the defensive line. A little bit in linebackers, too. So, that takes in this question. And I'm wondering about this, okay? Because the money is very, very tight. Not so tight, they can't move around. Matter of fact, they can be, they can probably be between 35 and 40 million in cap space if they make the right uh, cap cuts. But true or false? The LA Rams will let both Corey Littleton and Dante Fowler Jr. go in free agency. True or false? False. Uh, I, <laughs> I hope it's false. Uh, I'm stuck, man. I, I, I absolutely love Corey Littleton. Um, and really looking at, you know, where do we go? And I get, yes, then you talked about the money you have and you can go and maybe find some other people. But, you know, it leaves us with what? Trey Reader. Trayvon Howard, Kenny Young. I mean, that's that's where you're left. Yes, you're going to obviously go and try to find somebody else to replace. But um, also, you just kind of talked about Eric Weddle moving on, and we had talked about that in the past. And even, you know, he came out at the end of the season and said, yeah, I'm probably done here looking at, you know, the writing on the wall and, and some of the young talent. But um, he was the coach of the, of the defense last year and took on that, you know, the green dot and brought in the play calling. And the year before that, it was Corey Littleton. And if you have both those guys go, who are you starting to lean to? Now you've got your third guy in three years. And I'm not saying it's the, the biggest deal, but what, John Johnson coming back from an injury? Is that who you're going to go to with that? Like, I just I just like the stability of having Corey Littleton there. I think uh, Dante Fowler is the luxury guy. You know, if it's like, oh, if we had a little bit more money, Dante Fowler would be fun to kind of throw in there. Uh, but he balled out. He's going to get paid. There's going to be people out there that are going to pay him. But I just think... Corey Littleton's kind of that glue. He's just so reliable, whether it's, you know, causing turnovers and interceptions and fumbles or uh, just pure tackling. Uh, he was, you know, a, a top five PFF coverage guy uh, in the linebacking area. So, I mean, I just, I just don't see... I just need him on our defense to make me feel good about, you know, building the rest of the pieces around because our secondary I love, uh, you know, you got to love Aaron Donald up front. Yes, you want to see a couple other pieces there with him. But that linebacking core was kind of the question mark coming into last year. The only thing really was Corey Littleton. So I just I just can't let him go. So I'd I'd say false. I think you got to keep Corey Littleton. I'm going to go false as well. I think you keep Corey Littleton for one reason you noted, and that's stability and calling the defense. I also think that. Dante Fowler's going to cost too much money. When it comes to edge rushers right now, they come at a premium, and I think he'll be more expensive than Littleton. And right now, the Rams have to watch their dollar bills. So they're going to go with the guy they can keep. Littleton will, won't be cheap either. Don't get me wrong. He's not coming back here for 5 mil, that's for sure. You're talking about right. you're talking above 10 mil. But a good edge rusher right now is going to cost you the same as a shutdown corner in this league, if not more. I mean, Dante Fowler came back this year for what was it, twelve to fourteen, depending on incentives. So yeah, fourteen. I mean, you gotta think with the year he had, getting those numbers, even though it was helped a little bit by the fact that Aaron Donald took some heat for him. He's gonna he's gonna command some money. He had a good year. Yeah. Not as yeah, I'm just not as I'm good just as we worried hope, about yeah. Corey Littleton uh, going out there, and you know, hopefully he's not 
um, you know, auctioning off and, and, you know, getting some other teams to kind of bump up the price and, you know, until he comes back. Because we were talking about the other day on, on Lockdown Rams with, you know, what what's going on with the Panthers and Luke Kinkley. They're, they're going to need to replace a linebacker over there. And they're, they've got some money. And there's a couple other teams with some big bucks. So I just hope that I'm not asking for a hometown discount because I understand he's earned it in four years and he's been getting paid, you know, I don't want to say pennies on the dollar compared to a lot of these other guys, but yeah, certainly he has for his production. Um, I just hope that there's somewhere where he's like, that's a like, let's get that fair price where you feel like you're getting paid, but you know, you're not also hurting the Rams. Cause if you look around the room, there's a couple other guys that probably, you know, would put their head down a little bit when you're talking about contracts hurting the Rams, because uh, we need to take a little bit more of that uh, fair deal and not that, you know, break the bank deal. So we'll, we'll see though. I can't, I can't blame him if he does, uh, go get paid somewhere else, but hopefully they can find a nice little deal where you know he gets paid and we feel really good about it, but also we could do some other things. Well, I mean, also watch out for Cleveland. Wade Phillips going out there in Cleveland. Yeah. Potentially yeah. there. I mean, that, that could be a landing spot for the – they need some help at linebacker. He'd be a nice fit in his defense out there. He knows it, so I would watch Cleveland. Cleveland has some money. If they can show free agents that they're worth signing with right now because they've been a bit of a mess. All right, so – Talking about Wayfields, by the way, here we go. Dun, 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 dun. True or false? The LA Rams will pay the price for Wade Phillips and John Fossil's departure. Um, I'm going to say false. Um, I think the talent on the defense is going to keep us where it's not going to dramatically drop off. Like it, We may take a, a little step back. Uh, we may take a little step forward, but I think with the talent that we have, we saw the secondary really come ar- alive. I mean, not only just the insurgence of Troy Hill in that second half, but Darius Williams in those last few games, understanding the depth of that position, uh, getting, as I mentioned, John Johnson back, and then Taylor Rapp and those two guys getting to work together. Uh, hopefully keeping Corey Littleton. I mean, that's that big question mark, that whole linebacking section. But Aaron Donald up front, I mean, Staley's going to have some guys to work with. Uh, He's got linebacking experience, so I think he's going to add one of our weakest positions potentially on the defense. He's going to add some uh, ability to kind of develop some of those guys. So I think I think the defense, um, you know, may shift a a little bit, but not where you're going to look and go like, man, we shouldn't have let Wade go. Um, and then we also get to see what what uh, you know Sean McVay's plans were as far as it sounds like he wants a little input on the defense. So what can he bring to the defense? We don't even know yet. So that will be interesting. And then uh, special teams, Bones. I mean, <clears throat> it is interesting because yes, he, he has a certain say on some of the you know the fake punts and uh, coverage and and you know coaching those guys up and staying in your lanes and getting down there and uh, you know. But how much does he with Greg Zerline kicking the ball through the uprights, you know, like that's, that's an individual guy uh, going out there and Greg kind of had a step back year. You almost expect him to go back where he was, right? You're looking at his career. It was really his worst career since he was a rookie. Uh, so you don't expect, or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe this is the sign of him getting a little bit older. He's had some injuries. He's another free agent uh, question marks of what we're going to do with him anyway. But um, I don't know, but if, if it is an ugly turnaround and, and the special teams look pretty poor, then yeah, maybe you could point to Bones and, and say that was a disappointment. But you know, I would I would say false. I think that both units have an opportunity. Uh, same with Johnny Hecker. I mean, it's it's snap the ball, let him boom it. Yes, the coverage has got to be there. All those things, you know, that I don't want to take away from from uh, you know Bones. But if you're talking about individual performances with the kicker and the punter, I think we got two of the best that are doing it. So I think they should be able to carry that unit. And then same with the defense. There's just talent all across the board. I'm not as hardcore on the defense as you are. I think there's significant issues in the front seven, especially at linebacker on the front line. You, he, man, Aaron Donald needs some help up there. Right. He, right. he needs some help up there. So I don't know. I, one thing I can tell you is Wade Phillips is, did not make that situation any better last year in terms of that front seven. I think he is one of the greatest offensive coordinators of all time. He is. But what did the Rams need the most in certain situations last year? They needed adjustments. They needed changes in scheme. And in yeah. some key situations, it didn't happen. I think it's why Sean McVay, it's what we're hearing all the reports, is he wants somebody who can 
make it more about the scheme instead of just the fundamentals. And so at this point, we I think I know I felt towards the end of the year this was me away Phelps last year, and that was the case because at some point you need to go in a different direction to take your team to the next level about where they're going. So I'm going to say, oh, man, I hate to do this. I mean, part of me is just screaming, true, true, true. <laughs> but I'm going to go false. I'm going to go false for two reasons. One, the special teams on the Rams has been sold for a while. And quite frankly, it wasn't the world's best year for their special teams. It seemed almost to me like it was getting to be stale. Like John Fossil's message with them on special teams wasn't getting all the way through anymore. I'm not right. saying they had a bad year, but it's very rare for coaches to stick around for longer than 10, 15 years with the team anymore. He's been around since 2012, and I, I think the writing was actually on the wall. For Wade Phillips, he's a fundamentalist guy. Here's my big fear daily is, yes, he'll be able to scheme some things. That's what he's known for doing. That's why Sean McVay went and got him. But can Staley develop guys? through his schemes. Can he help the, these coaches develop? That would be my concern, but I'm going to go false, slightly false, and hope that right. I'm right. All right. So, all right. So, our sponsor. I cannot continue without shouting out Jim Hawk, his book Hall of Team, Grit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams with the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for, an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You're going to read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hallwasteen.com and on Twitter at hallwasteen. It's also both on hardback, electronic form, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Folks, it's also available this Friday in paperback. So if you're one of the, the people who must have the paperback instead of the online, you want to be different, it's there. It's available at various different booksellers on the Internet. It's for a great cause, homeboy industries. Just trust and check it out. All we're seeing, Great Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. All right, so the last part here is kind of more Rams in general, some stuff for us to rant about a little bit. And the first thing I want to ask you about, true or false, the navy blue and yellow uniform that was talked about by Rams United this week is the accurate team colors and uniform for next year. True or false? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say false. Um, I, I Just because I just have no clue what they're going to do. And I know they want to – they want they, they got to get this right. Um, but I, I don't know. I know a lot of people are taking off of, you know, the stadium chair colors and – um, you know, some little hints on social media here and there. Um, but I don't know if it's going to go that Navy, Navy blue. Um, I, I'd like to keep it, uh, almost kind of like their throwbacks they're doing right now. And, and, oh, it's so tough. I mean, this is, this is tough. I one. got I you on that one, didn't I? I, you did, you did. Cause I'm like, I don't even know where to answer. Cause I'm like, anything you say, someone's gonna be like, that is horrible answer. It needs to be the Navy blues or it needs to be this. Um, but I think here's what I will say. I think the Rams, um, with the amount that they've interacted with the fan base and they've done these round tables and they've, you know, brought people in and they've really listened and they, uh, they've really fought with the NFL. I think it was last year where, you know, they wanted to have the throwbacks a certain amount of times and, uh, they kept, you know, complaining to the NFL until they finally got their way a little bit this past season. So, um, I think they're, they're listing, man. So I think they're going to get it right. I think it's going to look clean. I think my biggest worry is more of, the helmet, you know, the color scheme, I think 
they're going to get right at the end of the day. But my question is, how much do you mess with that horn on the helmet? You want that modern look, but you want the old school look. Um, just don't try to get too cute, man. Just keep it simple on the helmet. Have it look clean. And I think you'll have some some happy fans. But, you know, obviously getting rid of some of those um, ugly St. Louis cuddle, colors. Sorry, guys, if anyone – I don't know anyone that's still holding on to some of those colors. But, um, man, I'm excited for some New Jersey. You, you mentioned it earlier, talking about, you know, if you win that jersey, you might want to hold on to the New Jersey. I've been waiting to buy a couple jerseys myself, and I'm like, I got to wait because – I don't want any of these, you know, I want a, a cool white jersey, but I don't want, you know, the old uh, color scheme with it. So I think they're going to do do good job with it. Uh, my biggest worry is more the helmet and the horn than anything else. I'm going to say false, and I'm going to be very strong about this, and, and I may end up like a fool later on, okay? If the Rams go with navy blue with that yellow... It would show they didn't listen to a word the fans right. had to say in those focus groups. And I can tell you, I will, I've mentioned this before, this is not news, that I will not buy that jersey. I will right. not. I'll keep buying throwbacks. I will not buy anything of those colors. I'm an Ohio State fan. I graduated from Ohio State. I am not <laughs> buying Michigan colors. But such you as don't Michigan want a maze colors, blue jersey? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, and it's not... It's, West Virginia, it's Cal. Listen, right. you are the freaking Los Angeles Rams. You don't get take colors to imitate other colors. That's what you're doing. You're just you're just saying, okay, let's just score the Cal colors. No, you lead this, man. You already had one of the most beautiful jerseys out there. Go wear that. Go wear those colors. Go yeah. wear them. So it would show 100. percent that the Rams just did not listen to the fans. And I don't believe that. They have some track record with that, by the way. But I think they've really made an effort to improve that relationship. I think whoever leaked this stuff, um, I can't, I'm not going to say they're outliers like, or anything. Maybe they thought they heard something. I don't know. But I'm going to say I don't believe it because I don't think the Rams are that stupid. I just don't think they're that stupid. The, the, I've seen a couple folks mentioning that it's a little bit of a darker royal blue. They think it's going to be a darker royal blue. And I can get that because the current royal blue is awful bright, and it doesn't, it's not exactly fashion-sensitive. But going to navy blue and the yellow to me is like, well, dude, okay, let's just copy Michigan, which I could just never wear that. I'm sorry. I will, And Cal and West Virginia. But also, about half the teams in the freaking league already wear navy blue. Let's just right. go be – let's just go keep that color, and you can go back to the color that people know you buy, that royal blue. doesn't make sense to me. So I can go false. That's what I'm saying. False. I'll say it one more time just for drama. False. For the people in the back. <laughs> for the people in the back. Yes, sir. Okay. Next question. True or false? The Los Angeles Rams will be Super Bowl contenders next season. Oh. Oh, man. My heart. My heart. My heart's jumping up down going, yes, yes, yes. Uh, true. Um, you know, so if, okay, I, I'll say true because if you want to say Super Bowl contenders, um, you know, I think we're talking winning your division and, you know, you really, a Super Bowl contender at this point is you're getting in the playoffs and you're, you feel like you're a, you're a team that can win. Maybe you get a home game. I think the Rams could do that again. I mean, this division is tough, right? Don't get me wrong. You're looking at Seattle. And the Niners who turned it around, well, the Niners turned it around. Um, but Seattle, what, 9-1 and one in one-score games? And, and that was really the Rams, uh, you know, a year ago. We were winning those one-score games, and then this year we just couldn't do that. We, we just kind of, we fell apart in certain moments. I think it was Todd Gurley said it perfectly. He said, in every game, there's a bunch of little mini-games. And we just lost too many of the mini-games. And then when it came down to it, we were just, you know, uh, possession away or you know whatever it may be so it, it's so crazy how fast the nfl can turn back around i really think this roster has the talent jared goff had a down year uh, i do i think jared goff's elite not right now i don't i mean as you look at some of these other quarterbacks that are going out there and doing things i just don't see that that star power in him right now as as i kind of felt like i was building 
uh, the year before coming off that Super Bowl. Uh, but they do have talent to get there. You talked about the yardage and, you know, how many times he was thrown and caught at the one and, you know, how, how that changes some of the statistics. So I think I think we have the skilled players to do it. I still believe in the coach. Uh, it's funny we talked about him and what he didn't like with Wade and the schemes and maybe not adjusting. And we could say the same about, you know, Sean McVay kind of, getting too cute at sometimes and getting caught up in what he thought was scheming instead of just pounding the rock or, you know, just doing something a little differently along the way. So they got to put it together. I'm really curious how these new coordinators are going to kind of jump right in and, and pick up where, you know, the others left off. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we can be contenders for sure. I think, I know there's question marks on the defense, but I think we have the talent on both sides of the ball. We've got the, uh, the young coaching that understands football, uh, but it's going to be tough because it's one of the toughest divisions. And that's the only reason why I would lean towards false is just our division is so stinking tough. Um, but yeah, I'm always been the optimistic guy. So I'll, I'll say true. Here's my point on this though. Third place schedule going to a new stadium. It's going to be a good year. I'm at the car right now. I think they're, they are, Showing they're very good at getting guys in the draft. Almost every LA Rams draftee played last year and contributed. That saying something. I like where the team is going overall. I'm not as pessimistic about the about the salary cap as others are. I will say this: being a contender and being it next year are two different things. I think they'll be a contender. I think that that third place schedule will give them a little bit of relief. The first time really in a long time they haven't had a back breaking schedule, but. I honestly feel like 2021 and then let 2022 of their opportunity years because some of those contracts that are holding them back are, I mean, they're going to come off the board here. The Rams will be able to start moving some of these things to either, either cut them and have their out years. And when that happens, the Rams start having some freedom again. Don't tell me players aren't going to want to go out there and play in LA. Right. So it's either that or those guys start coming together. Like, Brandon Cooks, what what if he starts living up to that contract? He had one really the guy's been producing since he came in the league. He had and yes, there, his concussions are a concern. Well, you know what? Throw deep to him more because you weren't. You were sent across the middle. So right. if you can start opening that field back up for him and putting him in positions to not get killed out there, then things can change in in the drop of dime. In two years, you still have most of these guys in their prime years. Where you can bring on the guys to come in around them, and you'll have these other draftees and still cheap. So I'm just going to say it. Next year may be more about maintaining and moving up a bit, being a contender. And as they shed, they shed some of his contract, I don't think that Todd Gurley is going to be there for, for very much longer. As you start setting his contract and getting other guys in the offense, this team has potential to be good long term, and I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to have they're going to pay the price one these next two years, twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, and then they're going to have a bunch of cap space available. So just want to point that out. All right, next question. Here we go. Ooh, <laughs> must be some jerks to the LA neighbors here. The LA Rams. This is kind of an easy one. Actually. The LA Rams will outdraw the LA Chargers next season. True or false? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's got to be a landslide again. I mean, like a double T, I, right? Yeah, I just don't. I, I'm I'm curious, you know, for their sake, uh, just kind because we know, you know, there was a lot of talk about all Rams fans and you know the Coliseum and when certain teams came in. I get it, right? Uh, but I'm this new stadium. The Rams continue to be. I mean, they were the only team with a winning record didn't make the playoffs it's not like they were a crappy team right uh so they're going to continue to put some wins up uh i'm just really curious because it was i mean it was bad for the chargers this year as far as in the stands and i don't know how much it changes moving up because they were in carson it's not like it was you know so far out of la but how much does it does it help them or even hurt them more that they're now in the in the core of it? And I don't know, and I don't think anyone really knows. But you know, I know for one, the NFL is definitely watching pretty close. And you know, if if there's a a, a player that wants to come out 
to Los Angeles. I'm telling you right now, I'll probably pick the Rams just out of, you know, certain things like that. Cause hearing Philip Rivers talk about, you know, what it was like playing in front of that crowd. And he said, Hey, look, I've been in San Diego and I know what it's like to play in front of a home crowd, but some of these young guys, they haven't. So they didn't know this is what they thought this, this city and this team and this organization was like, and not, not people are going to want to play for that. So, uh, it's going to be, I'm really curious to see, uh, you know what that stadium looks like, but then again, you might just get people flying in and and you know into that stadium because it's a brand new stadium. You know, I'm, I might go to a Chargers game just because it's you know thirteen dollars next year. And yeah, it's cheaper. Go, go watch go watch another football team and just see a football game when the Rams are away or something. But uh, we'll see, man. But yeah, Rams dominate again. I'm gonna say false. What am I saying? I'm gonna say true. <laughs> I was but like, it's wait, not, It's not as clear as you think it is because, A, road teams are going to come in to watch the Chargers. Their fans are going right. to come in because it's cheaper. Rams games cost so much more money right now compared to Chargers games that road fans that want to visit and see the stadium and so on and so forth are going to come watch Chargers play. If we're talking common opponents. And the fact is Chargers tickets are dirt cheaper than Rams tickets. And so this is the conundrum the Rams are in. The Rams are the product out there right now, and they should be able to charge what they want to charge. And pun not intended there by charge while we're charging. Right. Okay, but you literally have competition in your state that is undercutting your ticket prices by drastic amounts. And if you want to draw young fans, fans who don't have a ton of money, then you got to think about that strategy. I'm talking economics now. It's not so cut and dry. Because if I'm a new fan and I'm going to go see an NFL game in, in L.A., I'm probably paying to go see a Chargers game if I'm a new fan. Okay, if I haven't picked my team yet. Because it's cheaper. And all of a sudden, the Chargers get those fans. And these young kids aren't going to know that Spanish is a douche pickle. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to do know. it the way that I mean, it would be awesome if they did it like the I think it was the Falcons where they've got, you know, they've got really affordable tickets and then they've got like five dollar hot dogs and three dollar sodas and they made it really family affordable. I, they're not going to do it here in L.A., but it'd be awesome if they did, because you're right to to, to help build. Uh, it would be so smart to make it affordable because because you want to go after those young fans that you're talking about and people that you know have lived in LA and are like, well, I've kind of been you know this fan, but you know, but now I have a home team I can support, but I can't go to the game. You know, you're right. So it'll be interesting how they and once they kind of release some of that. Um, but man, that that stadium's gonna be sick, <laughs> and I'm gonna probably overpay to get into it at some point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. I mean, again, they're, they're totally not. These young fans are not going to know that Spanish is a jerk, and Spanish has lost his, his crowd. Just saying. All right, here we go. Stick with the Chargers thing. True or false? The L.A. Rams will be the only NFL team in L.A. in five years. True or false? Ooh. Mm. I, ooh. Yeah. I almost. How about it? I know. I almost have to say true. Because I just don't think this is going to go very well, um, and I think um, I think the NFL is going to step in. I think they're going to kind of come over and go, "All right, listen, Spanos, it's it's time to figure something out." You you, uh, you know you kind of snake this deal over here. He was looking for any deal to kind of snake to to move on and move out of, of San Diego or get something, you know, leverage it, but. Um, you know, I think there's a couple other markets that could, you know, step up and say we could do it better. But I, I just, in, you know, in five years, ugh, yeah, I would say true. I think I just don't see it. I don't see the marriage of the two team, you know, going as well as, and, you know, we may disagree with this or not, but the, the Clippers and Lakers, I mean, they made it work. Uh, and they survived, and now the Clippers are, you know, fighting and, and doing pretty well, and they're going to open up their own stadium and things like that. But uh, it's a city that can support. Two teams, I think. It's just the the way it was done. It was just so poorly done, and uh, yeah, I don't think so in five years. I, so I'd say true. I think I think it's gonna be one one uh, team team city. I'm gonna say true. I think the NFL is gonna realize it needs to be a one team city all along. Okay, if you want to put a second team there, you need to to give the first team a chance to get entrenched there, and they're gonna, they're seeing it now. The Rams are pretty much owning 
They're owning the market there right now with a little bit of chargers in between and, of course, the Raiders. I just don't see how the Chargers can stay there long enough. You don't. I've said this a million times. You don't take a team out of the city you root against for years and put that team in L.A. and expect them to be successful, especially when nobody likes Panos. Nobody likes them. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. That team is gone. I'm, I'm calling it now. That team is gone. They're not going to be wanted there unless they find a way to put a juggernaut of a Super, Super Bowl team together really quickly. And I don't see that happening, by the way. They have nobody for Phillip Rivers there. They have nobody Tom ready to replace Brady. him. You think Tom Brady's the guy? Because I think Tom Brady's in worse shape than, than Rivers is. You see Tom Brady throw his spiral this year? Tom Brady throwing? Come on. Yeah, they're, they're trying to fill some seats. I think that would fill some seats for sure. It'll fill some seats of opposing fans who want to see Tom Brady play out west. <laughs> Or maybe my partner for talking halos, Jared Timms, loves Tom Brady. Okay, all right. I don't, I'm I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Gone. So here we go. The last question. If that is true, the NFL will try another team in LA within 20 years. True or false? Man, 20 years—that's such a long time. Um. <clears throat> You know, I'd say no, because I just, I'd say so false, because if you realize it didn't happen, and, and you know, if you're looking at it, okay, San Diego, what, two, three hours south, like, you're, you're thinking, okay, there's already some fans in Southern California, if we couldn't even take a team that was really close and slide it up north, like, what, are you going to just build an expansion? I, I mean, maybe that would be it, right? You build an expansion team, but I don't think you can take a team from somewhere else and bring it here. And then you got a bunch of other markets fighting and saying, why are you giving L.A. another team? They couldn't do it the first time. Give us a team, you know. Uh, so I think that if they do expansion somewhere else, that I think uh, another city has a fair shot to kind of say, you already tried that. Uh, move on from it. So um, unless the NFL in 20 years is growing massively, um, I just I just don't see it. I think if they kick out, you know, the, the two teams this time, uh, I don't know if they'll they'll really risk it to you know kind of mess with that market again to bring in another team unless the nfl's gotten that far in 20 years so I, i'd say false uh, well i'm gonna say false i think the rams should have been the only team there all along this is not the same market if you want to put an expansion team down there years later from now that's fine but if you think another team's gonna come in there now and just root itself in that fan base then it's idiotic. And the NFL should have known better. It should have been one team all along. You already had some Raiders fans there. You already have 49ers fans. There have a few Chargers fans. You had Cowboys fans. You have Steelers. It's a transient city. And yes, you had a large contingent of Rams fans that stuck around. So if any team was going to move there, it's going to be Rams or Raiders. And quite frankly, NFL didn't want the Raiders back there. So that's your team, the Rams. And that's how it's going to be. That's how it needs to be. If you want the Rams to be successful out there long term, it needs to be their place, period. It just has to be. All right, so all this stuff in place, all, all these questions today. Bear, do you have any closing thoughts for the show today? Oh, well, uh, I was hoping you were about to tell me I won my brand new car for answering all those questions so well. Uh, in this fun game today. No, I, I loved it, man. I think uh, a lot of really good topics and, you know, it's going to be fun to kind of revisit this as well because uh, so much right now, the Rams, there's so many question marks. I mean, from, you know, talking about the, the jerseys and the stadium and, you know, what that's going to be like to how are these new coordinators going to go and, you know, what are we going to do with Todd Gurley and this offense and, you know, can they bounce back? Will Jared Goff kind of come back to what we saw in 2018? Um, this is this is a fun episode. I'm, I'm going to really enjoy to revisit it maybe sometime after the season next year and see how some of our predictions went because uh, right now it's really tough to gauge uh, with the limited money they have and um, the free agents and the draft picks and, you know, what this team really could be. But I think there's, you know, as, as fans of the Rams, you got to be excited because there's still a lot, uh, you know, of meat on the bone here when you can get excited about this team. So uh, I'm ready for 2020. Can we, you know, wrap this season up and just get right back to it? And it was like uh, 
back in the day when you were playing a video game and you know if you didn't make the playoffs you just sim the rest of it and then start the season again that would be nice if we could do that it'd be fun but that's not the case we gotta wait man well i'm gonna close it out by saying a if those uniforms that were that were leaked out on rams united are true Okay, big thumbs down. <laughs> B, B? <laughs> I know. I hate it when the media guys are saying, why do you keep talking about the uniforms? They, they're just uniforms. No, they're not. They matter, especially for a team that has the traditions of the Rams. But B, also, looking forward for this franchise, folks, I'm not that concerned about the sour cow. I said before, this team is among the best in the league at working that budget. They have always been, well, at least always been the last 10 years, even when they've had bad teams. That front office finds a way to squeak out some cash. So I'm not worried about that. What I am worried about is this new coaching staff coming in there and being effective. All that said, you can find us anywhere. Podcast can be found. I mentioned it before. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paula. Rambling Bear, you didn't tell people where to find you. Go. Hit me up, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. You can find the podcast, uh, Locked On Rams, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, also Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, anywhere where you listen to a podcast five days a week. Uh, we're bringing tons of content, and we'll have uh, your man here, Derek C. Apollo, be joining us this offseason to talk about uh, some of these same topics. Yeah, if I feel like it. <laughs> All right. For the entire Rams Talk team, this is Derek C. Apollo saying out of here. We're out of here. See you this weekend. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.